So many of our favorites to watch. Oh look, now they're being bashed. I guess that's what we should expect on the Bullied Nostalgia Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Timothy Nesbitt back. I'm here with John. Hello. Kylan. Hi. And Chance. Howdy. And we're here recording John and my childhood being destroyed by my sons. Today's episode is based on the TV show The Odyssey. It's a Canadian TV show that ran for three seasons from 1992 to 1994 and had 39 episodes. And I loved this show. We joked last time that this was going to be a series about destroying John's favorite things. Turns out he found something of mine that was precious to me that we could destroy. Do we want to talk a little bit about it? Chance, what is the Odyssey about? Well... From what I gathered is 50% the story of a kid who's in a dream where there's no adults. And the other 50% is about a mom who just can't catch a break. (laughs) Fair. Fair. (laughs) So the two writers, Paul Vittles and Warren Easton, created the whole show. They were just writers who pitched an idea. They really liked the Peanuts cartoon with Charlie Brown where it was just kids and it left adults up to your imagination. But they pitched it to Angela Bruce, who was the head of CBC Kids at the time. And she had once been in a coma. So she was like, awesome, give me what you got. And so when they did pitch it and it did start to pick up traction, David Pierce, an executive at CBC, forced them to add the story about the real world on top. They didn't want to, but by doing the hospital scenes that take up half the show, they were given free reign to do whatever they wanted with the kid part of the show. There was a fair amount of discussion while we were watching, asking who the hospital stuff was for. Yeah, and maybe we should just clarify, I guess, the show... In the first episode, this 11-year-old boy has a fall, enters into a coma, and so most of the show we are following a dream world that he's in in his coma, but what everyone's referencing is the other half of the show where we get to watch him in a hospital bed with his mother by his side. And when we were watching the first episode, we are like, oh yeah, this is some good exposition, seeing the mom trying to talk him through the coma, normal stuff. And then by the third or fourth episode, we realized, oh, this is just what the show is. We're going to see so much of this mom. (laughs) So for reference, we watched five episodes of the show. I was pushing to meet some of the other reoccurring characters as some famous people like Ryan Reynolds got their start on this show. But we did not get to any of them. Season three, here we come. He's in season one. Just saying. (laughs) Kylan, you had an observation multiple times. You made a comment over and over again that was caught you off guard. How you noticed the camera angles. It's all tilted. Never once is the camera straight on. Right. So 
That's what's called a Dutch angle. It's a shooting technique to make you feel uneasy. It is used very predominantly in the movie Thor. So when you go back and watch that, you will notice that every shot is off kilter and that Chris Hemsworth's eyebrows are bleached. But that was one of the heads of the show, their strategy to make it obvious when you were in the dream world. All the shots are at an angle, they're offset to make you feel uncomfortable when you're in his dreams. It just gets a little disorienting after 90 minutes of being <laughs> off kilter. Chance made a comment. He said, so this show, The Odyssey, it's called that because it's odd, right? <laughs> Actually not. The Odyssey is from Greek mythology. Yeah, Homer and all that. This story is based on Jason and the Argonauts. It's not a coincidence that the main character's name is Jay, uh, short for Jason. There are major similarities and crossovers between the two stories, but we didn't really get to any of that stuff by any means. Even the characters that it shares in common, we didn't get to yet. But there are characters with names straight out of Greek mythology. Who has something they want to talk about? What I will say is this show is very quotable. I found a lot of quotes that I really liked. For example, I have to go back. The most important thing to me is back there. Space Cat goes to Venus. <laughs> <laughs> I can't leave without it. And then there was another one. I have to go home to my parents. You know, tall people with licenses and checkbooks. <laughs> the main thing that sticks out in my mind is, look out for weirdos. <laughs> Look out for weirdos so. is a reoccurring theme. <laughs> the best way we, to say goodbye. We should do this podcast regularly and have a look out for weirdos count. We're at three so far. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of the show, Mom says to Jay, look out for weirdos when he's leaving the house. And it keeps being repeated in the dream world. It's like how they say goodbye. <laughs> look out for weirdos. I find it really interesting how heavy some of the themings in the episodes are because each of the episodes is themed around a specific thing it's just that's not where you'd expect it to go for example the episode where they go to the library it's a boxing match where they shadow box spelling bee at each other <laughs> the next episode where they go to a skate park that's actually a huge drug ring where everyone <laughs> is addicted to sugar right off of the bat in the movie Jay has a telescope that his dad used to have before he died. And these bully kids really want to see it. But when he brings the telescope to them and gets abandoned, the bully kids are all like, Yeah! We got a telescope! This is 30 years ago. Telescopes were cool. <laughs> we didn't have smartphones. Um, You're lucky if you had a compass, let alone a telescope. This TV show was originally called the Jelly Bean Odyssey. Which is obviously code for crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
Sugar is drugs in this show. <laughs> they wanted to make the point that it was a kid's show rather than just call it straight up the Odyssey. But that came across too silly. I can certainly understand. So they had a contest in-house. Someone would get some big reward or whatever, I don't remember what it was, if they successfully came up with a better name than Jelly Bean. But no one could, so they just ditched it all together, and it just became The Odyssey, which certainly has a more serious tone, but I think that too creates this anomaly that John had mentioned earlier, that it's really hard to identify who the show is for. Large parts of it do not appeal to kids. But, but the main character is 11 years old. Right. And if it is geared towards kids, which it was, then that's where you get problems like the ones that came from CBC. CBC was super reluctant to air a show where their protagonist, who was a child, was in a coma. They felt that was too dark of a theme. And, I mean, when you step back, it is pretty dark, especially when they started that pilot. Those kids are so young. Something that you realize right off the bat is that these kids have some kind of magic metalworking skills. The bullies in the dream world manage to make a drop shoot that manages to use a pulley system to pull the bottom off of a shopping cart so somebody drops into water. How'd they get them in the shopping cart in the first place? <laughs> That's not like, my problem. Walk the plank, climb into the shopping cart, pull yourself up, and it will close it underneath you. Trust me, it'll work. That's not my problem. The problem is, they managed to build that massive contraption, and then in the real world, their pulley fails to work. It comes off of its hinges. That's the type of mechanical engineers they dream to be in their subconscious. <laughs> One of my favorite things about this is it's so obvious to tell what kind of character you're meeting by what they're wearing. The first time we meet Alpha, she's wearing bright clothes. She's not wearing anything that's not neon in any way. She's wearing a dress. And automatically you're like, oh, this character is important. They're meant to stand out and they're not meant to be dangerous. And then when you meet the bullies, 90% of them is covered in spikes or black leather, <laughs> and the other 10% is riding on a Mad Max devil bike. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, these must be the bad guys. I wonder who their leader is. And then you see a picture of him wearing full military attire with a hat with a skull and crossbones on it. The story largely is that Jay's dad has been dead for some time, but for whatever reason, they keep a picture around him at the house of him when he was a teenager and 15. 15 that's right when jay ends up in the dream world they are looking for the teenage version of his dad in that world it's all kids there's no adults but brad is his dad's name brad is 15 and knows all so 15 is old as you get in that world and so they're looking to find him to get answers. Everyone refers to him as the oldest. Right. So yeah. no one's older than Brad. Just to help with language, they never say it in the show, but 
behind the scenes, they would refer to the dream world as down world and the waking real world as up world. So down world is filled with children, Brad being the oldest, and up world is full of boring hospital scenes. I just find it so strange that in the first episode, you see Jay and he seems to have a connection with his dad. It's like this telescope is super important to him because it belonged to his dad and all these things. He knows all the history about it. And then when he goes into a coma, his father is a dictator, which he's never met. And he's this lonely god who cares only about himself. So there's a bit of disconnect, I'd say, there. Yeah, there's a deeper story there about what he knows about his dad and what he wants to know about his dad. We don't know currently how or when his dad died. And if he was very young, that may have had some type of impact on his growth. But it's important to note that everyone's doing bad things in the name of Brad. But we don't know how much of that comes from Brad. The two common things you hear is, this is Brad's will. Brad wants us to do this. And no one's seen Brad. No one, no one talks to Brad. So there's certainly a disconnect there. We don't know how much of a dictator he is. Yeah, because in the first episode, you see somebody impersonating Brad. That's right. Anyways, back in the real world, there is... The up world. The up world. <laughs> the yeah. best part of the show. Who's to say what's real? <laughs> I think, I think Who's every... Who's to say what gets this show the ratings it deserves? <laughs> I think every time they go back to the up world, my heart... Skips a beat, I just get excited. out loud. (laughs) Yeah! Anyways. In the upworld. There, of course, is the main bully character, whatever his name is in the upworld. I think his name might be Keith. I know. He's Flash in the downworld. Yeah, that's the only Uh, one I could ever remember as a kid, too. So, (laughs) he was a bully, and he's got, like, this comeback story where he's not actually that bad. However, his second-in-command is just the absolute worst. Oh, yeah. Exactly. When somebody mentions the kid that is currently in a coma, he's like, hey, hey, who am I? And then pretends to have a seizure. Yeah, it's pretty dark. <laughs> he also is asked if he wants to make a card for Jay, and he immediately says, no! <laughs> he's the worst. But by far my favorite character. <laughs> Come to the dark side, Kyler. Well, that's the thing. He was the kid who led to Jay breaking the point and falling and dying. He was climbing the fastest to get him. Yeah. He was there about to grab him, and then Jay fell to his death. He carried a Super Soaker 50, if you know what I mean. There were a lot of them. No, there was only one Super Soaker 50. Only four. No. No. The rest were water pistols, Chance. Super Soaker 50. It's a yellow gun. Green container, orange, and yes, I have one too. (laughs) You don't have one. It's not yours. Chad on the side of it. (laughs) You weren't born when Super Soaker 50s were popular. I think our family got into them late. I think my mom found them on sale. So she bought like 10. And each of the cousins got one. Yeah. That was a great device. It shot up to 50 feet, which was a pretty big deal. Is that why it was called 50? Yes. However, the naming convention, when they did Super Soaker 100 or Super Soaker 200, 
Those did not shoot 100 <laughs> or 200 feet. But they were way cooler. But they were way cooler. So. John, John had a Super Soaker 1000. <laughs> Should have seen how far that went. <laughs> <laughs> I could point at France and bang. Some poor baguette. So true. John is anti baguette. <laughs> I think it would be more fun now if we talk about the concept of the clubs that we know of. We know that there's a metalworking club. We know that there's a club specifically for digging. We know that there's a library club and maybe a roller skating club. There is a small repair club. Yeah, that's the metalworking one. Oh. Um, a big repair club. Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure about the pool club because it certainly seemed official in episode one, but by the time Flash, Flash was, was pretending a, to be one wasn't yeah, really a thing. They didn't seem to it didn't seem to be credible. So. so I'm going to assume that those people were also lying and did not have a job. Did they reference the pool club in episode one? Yeah. When they drop them in the water, that's the pool club? Yeah. Oh, okay. How do we feel about Finger as an antagonist? I would say that so far, Finger was one of my more liked characters. Oh. He has a sick hairdo, and by sick, I mean one of the worst possible hairdo. <laughs> I do like the concept of just random nouns as your names. Hey, look, it's Finger, Bar, or Newt. Doorknob. <laughs> uh, driver's punk. license and checkbook. Check <laughs> Are you an adult? Whoever owns me is. Okay, so Kai talked about the worst kid. We've got a little bit of talk about finger in. How do I feel about Flash? I would say that, as weird as it sounds, Flash may be a more likable protagonist than the actual protagonist. Just because Flash is so very flawed, he is a man who does not know what's happening most of the time and is not helpful. <laughs> I feel but, like, great time. I feel like Flash is the only character that they had no plans for. It's just whenever there was an episode, they just threw Flash somewhere. Flash seems to have this extremely varied backstory because when he's at the drug house... They offer him some, and he obviously knows what it is, and then responds with, I'm trying to cut back. So are we just to assume that Flash has this deep history in a drug ring, and now has moved past this? I want the Flash prequels, if anything. His dialogue in that drug ring was pretty good. By far, my favorite line in all of the drug ring is what I thought to be, don't use sugar, use medication. <laughs> Actual drugs. Yeah. Turns out it was meditation, but only John heard the correct <laughs> line of dialogue. We were all quite confused. You know, you talk about Flash being a more interesting protagonist because Jay has zero personality. Just the driving force to go see Brad. Or they're going to say keep also... his telescope. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Jay has this weird kind of disconnect in all his scenes where he's like, all I have to do is get this telescope, and then he'll go to libraries and just give his telescope away at any <laughs> given moment. Does he still have that thing, or does the library still have it? No, he, he has it. He took it back. <laughs> if you lose, you'll never get your... Here, just take it. 
While we're talking about the, the telescope, I think that one thing I did really like was the logic of a child in the pilot. When he's drowning and his mom appears to him, she says, come home. And he says, I can't, I've got to get my telescope. No adult or someone with rational thought would think that way. But problem solving skills come with us as we age. Got to get my dinosaur from the sandbox. That's all he cares about at this point. Yeah, there's, there's steps that you need to check off and your brain uh, logic matures last. And so he knows he needs to do these things. And, and one of those things is get back the telescope. And so I, I did like that. I thought that was very interesting is he had the chance to leave this behind right off the hop, but he needed to satisfy the checklist. John, how do you feel about Alpha? Yeah, I feel like part of the reason why Jay is so bland is so emphasizes who Flash and Alpha are, and they're supposed to contrast each other. Alpha's a rule follower, straight-laced, maybe the nerd or the geek in the real world, whereas Flash is the cool kid, bully, loose cannon kind of thing. He kind of reminds me of Buford from Phineas and Ferb. Like, they have the exact same character. Oh, you're talking about Flash still. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking about Alpha. Oh, he was mentioning Buford. What did they do? Alpha. <laughs> Flash, <laughs> that's their name. He was mentioning Buford Alpha. Too many Jane. weird How names. How much we your girlfriend? <laughs> okay, I have one more question. What do people think Downworld is? What do you mean? Is this Jay's subliminal views on these people? Like, is this how he sees Keith as Flash? Is this how he sees what's his face as Alpha? Is this some other consciousness that he's tapped into? Is this a shared consciousness? You know, is this how Keith sees himself? His projection of his inner self. Jay, you mean? No, I mean... Could oh, Donna, okay. or whatever her name is, could she be creating Alpha? Is that who she is in her heart of hearts? What do you guys think? What is the downworld? It's got to be his subconscious. It's just his mind. Okay. Like, Part of me thinks it's hell. <laughs> I don't know. Another thing is, I think the tower is at the location of his house. I don't know. Isn't it? Mm. By the map? They certainly hinted that there was some similarities to the map that he drew of where he lived to the tower. So what I think is happening is it's just his brain twisting around everything he knows. So locations that he know are now replaced. It's just his subconscious altering things that he already knows. So the things that he do know are very different. So the implication then, I have a counter question here, is if this is his subconscious, does that mean that he knows all of the kids in it? Because there's a lot. Because there's a lot. Or are they made up kids? They have to be. Okay. I don't think he's ever met Bar or Finger. So what happens if those kids show up in the real world? post-concussion 
does. Oh, this is something that's been, you know this, don't you? What? You know that these kids show up. I'm wondering what your theories are. What your He might know. I'm assuming this is an inception, and those people are in reality just figments of his imagination. For 90% of these characters, Jay will not speak to them at all, or learn their names. Yeah. And in Inception, 90% of the people are just blank slates who do not exist. Okay. It's just your brain concocting images of people that you never have and never will meet. Exactly. Okay. That's what I presumed as well. But certain people in it that are important are probably based off of real people. People that actually have emotions enough to... Yeah. yeah, we saw the garden kid in his class. So certainly there's some crossover. Certainly there are kids that he's met that are in this world, populated there. But uh, I think a good amount of them are fake. Okay. John, is there anything that you wanted to add about tonight's viewing? Brings back some memories for sure. Especially the upworld, I remember. <laughs> John's favorite really part. <laughs> yeah. When I when I think of this show, uh, there's a few things I think about, and one of them is him being in a hospital bed. <laughs> oh no! Is he gonna wake up? <laughs> I appreciate the layout of the show and the kind of the journey that they're on, and how each episode has sort of its own self-contained story but it's part of a bigger story of a journey where they're getting somewhere and i don't know what our future with this show will be if we'll be pulled to watch some more or or not but i wouldn't mind watching some more episodes at some point just before we sign off i would say when it comes to the upworld there are certain scenes in which his mom will be like dabbing his forehead with a cloth so he'll like rub his forehead because now it's wet and he thinks it's in the sweat. downworld. In downworld, yep. And he can sometimes hear people talking to him, but he just assumes that's them in the downworld when in reality it's in the upworld. And I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities for fun things you could do. Like, for example, in the scenes when they're like doing exercises with him to try and get his arms and legs moving, I mentioned while we were watching it, I really wish. There was one time in which he's talking to somebody and then he accidentally backhands the person who's right just because his arm is being moved by somebody in the real world. I thought that would be so funny and it's a missed opportunity. I see where you're coming from, but it sets a dangerous precedence <laughs> that every time they'd be moving his limbs, it would be controlling him in downward. Which... Running around, <laughs> crawling across the ground. Uh, it's, it's kind of inconsistent what kind of things set him off. In the down world, there will be sometimes threats that come about, and those threats will cause him to have a seizure in the up world. But one of the times, just a branch fell in front of him, and <laughs> he, it really threw him for a loop in the up world. One time, he was getting through to a bully, and he started dying. Yeah. So. Even before he was in the water, he started having a heart attack. Ty, is there anything that you want to mention before we close off? I feel like I want to say that it's not very good, but I can't. Kylan enjoyed himself. There's something pulling me in. <laughs> I'm in a coma. It's Flash. <laughs> this isn't real. This is the down world. He's pulling you in. <laughs> okay, let's change this conversation to that. 
Do people see the appeal of this show? No. <laughs> okay. If you're going to have a show, have a show. Don't have three shows spliced together. You just said you are enjoying it, but you don't I'm see in the, the down appeal. world. I'm not in the up world, Dad. <laughs> okay. I would say that I can see how people would like this show. But I consider it a waste of time. <laughs> there are much better things I feel I could be doing with my life than this. John? Well, I just love the Upworld so much. <laughs> I love watching I just remember... boring medical uh, jargon and kid laying in bed. I just remember as a kid there being other characters that I remember quite fondly that we haven't even seen yet, so... It's true. Most of the reoccurring cast has not been introduced yet. And I actually appreciate that. I appreciate that they didn't rush introducing characters. They give us the three main characters and then give that plenty of time to breathe. They sprinkled in one antagonist so far, but they've really given it plenty of opportunity to slowly get to know these characters before moving on. And I would make the counterpoint chance, I can't say definitively because it's very confusing, but I don't think that you're the target audience for this <laughs> show. When I was watching, I would have been 9, 10 years old, 11 maybe. And so... The fact that I was the same age as these kids experiencing this stuff. Gotta get that telescope. I was super excited. You know, that certainly appealed to me. An 18-year-old watching it and being like, Oh, those stupid rollerbladers with their <laughs> That shit. was the only interesting part of the show. <laughs> I think the shadow boxing was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, shadow boxing spelling bee was phenomenal. F-O-R. <laughs> G-O-T-T-E-N. Yeah. <laughs> the sweet. wind up was necessary. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we'll see if we do this again. Gotta keep everybody guessing, ourselves included. Hmm. Look out for weirdos. <laughs> Look out for weirdos. <laughs>